I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. In the studio with me is the Historic Site Manager for the Auburn Heights Preserve up in uh, Yorkland, uh, Delaware, Dan Citron. Welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me, Paul. Great to have you here. I I almost said Pennsylvania because it is so close to Pennsylvania. I think it's probably the northernmost state park we have, isn't it? Uh, It is, depending on how you count it. If you picture the Ark of Delaware, we're smack in the center of the Ark, and our property goes right up to the Pennsylvania line. Okay, let's let's hear a little bit about Auburn Heights Preserve. I I suspect it's a state park that's very familiar to people from that local area, but maybe not as well known to to our entire listening audience. Sure, we're actually uh, the newest state park site because the core of our property was actually donated in November of 2008. So we're relatively new, so if some people haven't heard about us, it's not too big a surprise. Uh, So we're always trying to get the word out. The Marshall family uh, donated the core of the property, so four acres with all the buildings, uh, to the state of Delaware, as I said, in November of 2008. And that included the Auburn Heights Mansion, which is where the property gets its name. And then all of the families, or almost all of the families, furnishings, photographs, papers, everything like that that came with the house. Uh, There are also some other buildings on site, and the family had started a volunteer group uh, because the family also owned the world's largest collection of operating steam cars. So the steam cars uh, got donated to a nonprofit group because they would be able to uh, keep maintaining them so they would remain in operating condition, whereas, um, you know, that might not be the best use of state funds. So it didn't make sense for the cars to come to Delaware State Parks. Uh, But their museum is, is on our property as well. Uh, since that happened, uh, for folks who are familiar with the NVF Corporation or National Vulcanized Fiber, uh, that was the company that grew out of the Marshall family's paper mills. And so, unfortunately, that, that company went bankrupt um, in 2009. Uh, but on the plus side for us and, and for the people in Delaware, a lot of that land that was once industrial property has now been preserved and is either part of the park or we're working with a, a local developer to make sure that it doesn't get overdeveloped and that there's still resources for people to use, like trails and things like that, that will be administered by the state park. Now, Auburn Heights Preserve, it's kind of up the hill from the, the valley that NVF was situated in. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, and the main NVF plant is down there, in the, sort of in the valley. In the floodplain. <laughs> in the floodplain, very much so, yeah. uh, right on Yorkland Road. And we're right. just up the hill um, towards Pennsylvania. If you miss the turn into our property, uh, you'll be in Pennsylvania before you can turn around. Now, several months ago, there was an article on the news journal a series of articles about some major plans for a sort of an overhaul of that whole uh, area is that right do i remember that correctly? that's correct uh, we've been working on this project we actually developed a master plan in 2011 um, and had public meetings and things like that so we could get the input of all of our neighbors and, and everybody else that that's in the area that would be involved as well and basically we're we're building a trail system uh, we have the first part of our trails built and that's a, a mile and a quarter loop trail and then we also have a half mile trail that kind of turns back on itself. And the re- some of the rest of the trails are going to be um, built this coming year. Ultimately, we're going to have a little over six miles worth of trails. Some of them will be on some of our neighbor's properties through trail easements and things like that. Uh, but it'll be one big uh, kind of a loop on either end. It's sort of a warped barbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people can kind of jump in wherever there's a trailhead. We're also going to be connecting a lot of the nonprofits that are in the area. So Delaware Nature Society is just down the road from us. Uh, their property actually touches our property so we're going to build a spur from our trail, and they're going to build a spur from their trail so that you'll be able to either park on state property or in DNS's property, and you'll be able to kind of hike the whole system. We also already connect um, to some of our neighbors in Pennsylvania who have trails as well mm-hmm. on our current loop trail. Um, so there's there's going to be a lot of trails that you can really access with, with us being kind of in the middle as the hub of it. And then trying to connect uh, some of the other folks. Also, the Wilmington Western Railroad goes right through the mill property, 
And as it turns out, one of their founders was Tom Marshall, who donated mm-hmm. the property to Delaware State Parks. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense to, to work with them since uh, Tom's sort of the founder of both, um, both locations. And so, um, so we're going to be working with them as well as uh, where, where their property goes through the mills. Now, you're, you're talking about a really fascinating aspect of Auburn Heights Preserve, and that is the, the multifaceted nature of what that park really represents. It's, it's a, a park that features uh, wonderful natural opportunities, but also some fascinating Delaware history. Could you uh, go into a little more detail about the history of the Marshall family and, and their industry in, in Yorkland? Sure. The Marshall family actually started just up the road in Pennsylvania in the mid-1700s, south of Kennett Square, and they were farmers. They had a large tract of land that they were farming with the red clay flowing right through it. So they, they figured out pretty early on they could save a little bit of money by not sending all of their grain to a grist mill to be ground up into flour by building their own grist mill. And so they had a nice little side business with milling. And it was uh, Tom's great-grandfather who um, who actually developed that into a paper mill. He turned the family's grist mill into a paper mill and made paper making their main business. Um, and so that continued on, and Tom's grandfather and great-uncle enlarged the company, with Tom's grandfather coming down into Delaware to purchase the mill site, um, not the main one on Yorkland Road where, where everybody thinks of NVF, but it's actually just below the property. There is still a mill there. It's called the Auburn Mill, which is the, the house gets its name from it because Tom's grandfather ultimately built the family house on the hill above the Auburn Mill. Mm-hmm. And so Delaware State Parks now owns that Auburn Mill. The papermaking equipment is still in there. And ultimately, we're going to be turning that into a museum about local industry, um, the NVF Corporation, and then also have space for rotating exhibits about history, art, working with um, you know the other local nonprofits. We have the Center for the Creative Arts right down the road from us as well. So working with with all of the partners in the area to make sure that we're kind of presenting a cohesive picture of, of what's in northern Delaware. That's an interesting historical uh, evolution from grist mill to paper mill to fiber. Um, how how did that come about? What why when did they you know transfer from the grist mill to the the paper mill and then onto fiber? I wish I had a great answer for you. Mm-hmm. We honestly don't know why Tom's great grandfather decided to go with paper. Mm-hmm. Um, even Tom, uh, who is a wealth of information, he doesn't know either. And so, if the family did know that that information has been lost, unfortunately, hopefully we'll find somebody's diary in an attic somewhere or something like that. Um, but we're not exactly sure. Maybe he just thought that that was a good way to go, or maybe he was just interested in, in paper manufacture. Other uh, parts of the family did get into different types of millwork. Um, Marshallton in Delaware is actually the same family. It was uh, cousins who had kind of split off earlier mm-hmm. um, from the family, and they got into a different type of milling. There's also Marshallton in Pennsylvania who are also related. Right. And so the family, through different aspects of the family, all got into milling just in different ways. This particular branch got into paper. So the Auburn Heights Preserve is presenting this kind of uh, historical background. You talked about the nature trails and, and the development in that area throughout that Yorkland area. Uh, I know because because of our relationship with Center for the Creative Arts of the vulnerable nature of that valley there. With that's the red clay that flows through there. Correct? That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is being as part of the plans to sort of develop this area for the purposes you've been mentioning? Are there plans to mitigate the the uh, the flooding, or are is that impossible to deal with? Well, we we definitely have some plans to mitigate the flooding. We've actually put some of them into into process right now with the areas that the state uh, got through the bankruptcy and working with again a private developer. It all had to go through the bankruptcy court and be approved by mm-hmm, the judge. Mm-hmm. 
And so we also wanted to make sure the community was happy with with what was going on. And so we we really looked at the areas, and as it turned out, the areas that were were really in the floodplain were going to be abandoned to the state anyway mm-hmm. because nobody could build on them. So mm-hmm. no developers were going to buy them out of the bankruptcy. Some of those areas were contaminated. So again, mm-hmm. that cost was going to fall onto the state and onto other agencies in Denrec. Mm-hmm. And so um, to try to make the best out of the situation, again, state parks ended up purchasing some of the land and working with a local developer um, to make sure that we were saving all of that as much as possible, that it wasn't overdeveloped in the areas that could be developed. In fact, there was a there's a wooded hillside that's part of state property now that there was a developer out there as NVF was trying to stave off bankruptcy that was trying to purchase it and build a strip mall and warehousing space, mm. um, which really would have been a huge eyesore because they would have taken all these trees off of this great wooded hillside. So everybody would have just seen these big box buildings up on top of this hill. Mm-hmm. Um, which really would have been a a tragedy. And so thankfully that's preserved uh, forever now. And then to also help, uh, some of the mill buildings do have to come down because of the contamination and the flood issues. But instead of just after the the contaminated soil is dug out, instead of just replacing that with clean soil, we're actually going to be sculpting it and creating a wetland and creating new habitats um, in the area that were lost many, many years ago when those mills were built in the early part of the 20th century. And so we're kind of repatriating some of that back to nature, which will also become um, a a containment area for the floods. doesn't mean it's it's going to completely get rid of flooding along the red clay, but Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll help mitigate some of it. So some of the folks who would have a wet basement just in a regular thunderstorm, maybe they'll be dry. And in Mm -hmm. a big storm, you know, maybe they won't have as much water. Right. So so hopefully that'll all help out. So Auburn Heights Preserve really is at the center of what is really a remarkably comprehensive effort to preserve green uh, green space in northern Delaware. Yes, it really is. We're, yeah. we're right at the core there. Yeah, Let's hear about the range of programming uh, that Auburn Heights Preserve uh, provides for, for the general public. Well, we have uh, quite a few different programs. We have sort of our, our basic programs, which are we call our open house tours. People certainly want to come and see the Auburn Heights Mansion and tour that, and also the Marshall Steam Museum, which has that collection of steam cars. So the first Friday and third Saturday of each month, Uh, because we still have a very, very small staff. Um, So we can't be open all the time yet, unfortunately. We don't even have a park office yet. That's how small we are. Um, That's still in progress of being uh, rehabilitated out of one of the mill buildings. But we do offer tours on the first Friday and third Saturday um, for people who don't have groups. We're also open by appointment for groups. Um, So groups of eight or more can schedule tours whenever. They can always give us a call um, and schedule those tours. Then we also have special events the first Sunday of each month, June through November, and uh, those are called our Steam and Day events. And those actually started before State Parks was there with that nonprofit group that now owns the Steam Cars as sort of fundraisers to help maintain the cars. And so the cars, uh, some of the cars give rides. The mansion's open for tours. The museum's open. We have additional programs going on. And then um, our nonprofit group partner, the Friends of Auburn Heights Preserve, they also have a one-eighth size train that goes around the property. And so they, they have that running as well, which uh, we always say is good for kids of all ages. Um, and so, again, those are the first Sunday of each month from 1230 to 430. Um, and then coming up uh, next on uh, September 21st uh, will be the Auburn Heights Invitational, which is an annual car show, um, which really brings in a lot of uh, amazing cars um, from, from all over the place that aren't necessarily on display all, uh, all the time. A lot of them are from private collections and people, you know, might take them out here or there, but they're really not on display to the public all that often. This year's focus is actually on antique electric cars. 
And so there are going to be quite a few antique electric cars and then a few a little bit more modern, a, a city car from the 1970s, if people remember those wedge cars. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really take off, but there, there's there's still a few around, so there's going to be one of those there. And then also a couple of Teslas are coming as well, so sort of the modern version of those antique electric cars. And then there's also going to be quite a few other uh, very classic cars, Packards, Rolls Royces, those kinds of cars that are going to be on the site as well. Um, and so those prices... Um, we have those tickets available in advance for a lower price. Those are $18 in advance, um, $22 at the door. And uh, that includes entrance to the mansion, entrance to the museum, all the different events that are going on that day. And, of course, getting to see all those wonderful callers and, and hear about these special programs that we have mm-hmm. going on. Well, we have more to pursue, but let me first remind our listeners, you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is Dan Citron, the Historic Site Manager for Auburn Heights Preserve. Uh, a, a really a great opportunity on September 21st is to see the grounds, to see a, a, a great car exhibition. Uh, tell me a little bit, uh, do you have documentation as to what uh, got the Marshall family originally interested in steam uh, automobiles? We do. It was actually Tom Marshall's father, um, T. Clarence Marshall. He worked in the mills uh, with his father and his older brother. And while he could have worked in the office because he was the mill owner's son, um, what he really enjoyed doing was actually going into the mills and working on the big machinery, especially mm. the big steam machines, mm-hmm. the, big, um, the big power plants there. And so he happened to be a teenager when these new things called automobiles were coming out. And he tried a, an internal combustion car, an early one, didn't really like it. And he said, you know, I know steam. I'm going to go with the steam car. And so that's how he got interested in steam. He ended up uh, buying a used Stanley steam car from the agent in Philadelphia he liked it so much, he ended up getting another one, and he really wanted to buy a new one, um, but he just couldn't get one from that dealer, so he became a dealer himself in 1910. Um, hmm. And he had that dealership for 10 years. He could buy all the new cars he wanted because he was selling them to himself, uh, and then ultimately he moved on to uh, Packard. So a lot of Packards came through the property. There are actually two still in the collection now. And uh, he never lost that love of steam cars, and in 1940... He really missed having one, and he bought back a car that he had sold as the dealer in 1913 to a local farmer. He had so much fun getting that back on the road that he started buying up cars all over the place. Um, And so that's really how the collection started. And you said it's the world's largest collection? It's the world's largest collection of operating steam cars. Of operating steam cars. There are people who have bigger collections, but they just sit still and and they can't run. Right. Um, Almost all the cars in this collection do operate. They have legal tags and they go Mm -hmm. out on the road. And these are managed or maintained by the Friends of Auburn Heights Preserve. That's correct. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, They have volunteer nights every Tuesday and Thursday night. Um, to help work on the cars, the trains, and, and whatever else, whatever other work they might have going on. So is, is this a uh, collection of local mechanics? Or, I mean, who who's part of that organization? I mean, it's it's a fascinating, you know, there, pastime. There are certainly people who are interested in the history of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also some, some local mechanics, um, a lot of retired engineers, mm-hmm. and then other people who are interested in cars, who are interested in machining. Um, and, and it's really a wide range of, of folks who are interested in it. And so they come together. Some people have more experience working with the types of things they need to be working with on the cars. And then there are people like me who um, I'm part of the group as well. And uh, I get to drive the cars. And it it took a lot of learning because I certainly um, wasn't from that engineering background. I was from the history background. So I could remember all the history of the Stanley Company and and the Marshall family. But then figuring out how to make this, how to fix a steam car on the road was was a little bit of a challenge. And I I learn something new every time I take a car out. Mm-hmm. One one of the interesting things about Auburn Heights Preserve is is you have a capability that many of the state parks don't have as much of, and that is the ability to get out beyond your property to demonstrate 
part of what you have. I mean, I have seen some of those steam cars and at at other shows and at other venues. And uh, could you speak to that? I mean, how how does how do you work with the Friends of Auburn Heights Preserve to sort of promote all of the resources that you have? Well, we really work closely together. It only makes sense to do so because essentially we each got half of the collection. Uh, the state got the family's private collection and all of the structures and everything like that, whereas the Friends of Auburn Heights, they got the cars, the trains. A good way to think of it is if it moves under its own power, the Friends probably own it. And if it sits there like a building or a tree, the state probably owns it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the introduction of the mills, which we didn't know we were going to get when we accepted the property initially, um, that really opens up more doors um, to even working closer together because the mills were steam-powered originally as well. Uh, water and steam powered. And so we can work even more closely together because we both sort of have the legacy of the Marshall family, this very generous family. And they've been generous uh, throughout the years, not just this latest generation that donated the property, but but really every generation that's lived in Delaware has has um, given back to the community. And so it's really an honor to be able to to keep moving that forward and to not only let people know about the family, but also let people know about the history of the area, uh, which the Marshall family has certainly been involved in, but is also um, very... Uh, very interested in making sure people know about. Um, And it's not just the Marshall family. There was the Garrett family who had um, the world's largest snuff mills, and they were right here in northern Delaware. Mm -hmm. And so while we certainly don't promote the use of snuff, um, (laughs) it is it is an interesting uh, it is an interesting part of history and that a lot of people were were buying um, this product that came right here from Delaware. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to the the mansion itself, which is directly under your purview. Uh, What is the history of the mansion? for people that take tours of the mansion today, what are they seeing? Are they seeing furniture from the family? Is it replicas? What 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 is back to my original question? What's the history of the mansion itself? When people come, they get to see um, really the the application of all three generations, the influence of all three generations of the Marshall family. It was the first generation, Tom's grandparents, who came into Delaware. They built the house. They picked where it was going to be and what it was going to look like. And while it looks like an amazing, unique house, it actually came out of a plan book. Mm. And so the plans were about 10 years old. There was a house that looked just like it in the city of Wilmington. Although, um, you know, I don't want any of the listeners to go searching for that house because right. it was torn down in the 1930s. So it's not there. But that provided the inspiration. And then they found out it was a planned house. Um, and it is a is Queen Anne-style Victorian home. Um, and it has been called by uh, by some folks the best example of a Victorian home in Delaware mm. between the exterior because a Queen Anne style home has major features and minor features. And you don't have to have all of either of them for it to be Queen Anne. This house has all but one. Mm. Um, the plans called for it to have that one and the, the family kind of deleted it thinking it was unnecessary. Um, and it was just a minor feature anyway. Then inside we have um, the collected furnishings of primarily the second generation of the Marshall family. Tom's mother was an avid collector of furnishings. And so what we have in there is basically her collection. And then Tom and Ruth Marshall, the, the couple that donated everything, well, they decorated um, with those uh, with that collection, that furnishings collection. They also did all of the wall coverings, all of the window treatments. Um, some of the uh, furnishings were reupholstered, and, and basically it's as they had it when they, they moved out. Um, they did take a few pieces of furniture here and there, but we were able to fill in with some of the other furnishings that they had in the house. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, for our listeners, again, who might have tuned in a little late, w- when are there opportunities to come to Auburn Heights Preserve to, to tour the mansion, to see the, the steam car exhibition? Uh, well, people can come out the first Friday or third Saturday of each month. We have uh, tours, and people can call um, call us to, to make reservations for those, and that's 302-239-5687. 
We also have Steam and Day events the first Sunday of each month, um, and those are from 1230 to 430. Tickets are available at the gate for those. And then um, next week we have the Auburn Heights Invitational on the 21st, and that is a, a huge car show, um, which is which is really spectacular. And then we also have a lot of other programs, and it, uh, those tickets are available in advance um, by going to auburnheights.org, um, or you can also purchase them at the gate, but they'll be a little more expensive at the gate. Mm-hmm. And you're situated in Yorkland, Delaware, mm-hmm. which is fairly far north, up off of... Uh Best way to get there is what up up off route. I want to say route seven. That's not right. It's route forty eight goes up that or forty one. Forty one. You can also way. get to us from seven. You just have to cut over right, and go across right. forty one. Okay. Or if you're on the other side of town, if you come up fifty two, you can cut over eighty two because we're actually right on route eighty two. You're up in the Delaware Highlands, right? Isn't it some of the highest altitude? I think in Delaware, up uh, around there, it's a little further north of little, us um, further, to to get okay. to the highest point in Delaware. Okay. But you wouldn't believe it if you're if you're standing at Auburn Heights. Because you're on a pretty high hill, and then you look across the street, and there's a hill that goes even higher. Right, right. Now, we have about a minute or so left. Just quickly, how does because I, I know you've worked with other state parks here in Delaware. How does Auburn Heights Preserve sort of fit into the broader mission of what Delaware Parks and Recreation is all about? Well, we have uh, lots of different types of parks and even a zoo. And so we have parks that are focused on nature. We have parks that are focused on history. And Auburn Heights can really bridge the gap because we have the Red Clay Creek flowing right through. Um, We do uh, trail hikes, and we actually call it a hike on history, which is also available. Um, And then we also do a program with Delaware Nature Society uh, where we do a big tree tour where we go around northern Newcastle County. I talk about the history of the sites we go to, and then there's somebody from DNS who talks about um, the state champion tree. So we can kind of really bridge that gap between history and nature um, in a very unique way because there's also steam cars. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan Citron, Historic Site Manager of Auburn Heights Preserve, it's been a pleasure having you with us today to hear about the really exciting programming going on both with what you're doing and with your partner, the Friends of Auburn Heights. Thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, best best luck with the uh, upcoming event on September 21st, and I invite our listeners to uh, check that out and attend. It sounds like a great opportunity to see the, the space. Yep. Thanks for having me.